0: I'm a fan of waterfalls. Anybody else? Waterfall fan, people? A few of you. It's like every time I see one, if I'm driving down the road, pull off, and I've got to look at it. And if I'm walking, you know, stop, look at it. I was walking the other day on North Kenai Beach, and I saw the waterfall. Well, You ever seen the waterfall on North Kenai? Well, yeah, have, have you? Yeah, how big was it? Oh, I, I don't, I, I, I'm thinking the one I saw doesn't have a name because it was probably 10 inches wide and about, it, it just come out of the side of the bluff. Is that a water trickle? Okay, where I come from, it's a waterfall. But you know, I'm just, I'm just captivated with waterfalls. And I think one of the draws for me is that, is that um, they represent power. You know, back in the Midwest where I come from, you know, they understood this power association with water, falling water, a long time ago, and they put in grist mills and all that kind of stuff, and so we figured out how to harness that power, and when I was, um, I had a church assignment in, in the Northwest, and I remember traveling around, and I, I drove by the Grand Coulee Dam. And, uh, man, that thing is massive. Uh, I even uh, checked it out. I Googled it, and I discovered that it is, it is the largest uh, electric power plant in the United States. You know, the, so you build this dam across the water, and, and uh, you let the water grow taller, taller, deeper, deeper, deeper. <clears throat> and then you have millions of gallons of water behind that wall. And, of course, you know how this works. They have these gates that they control somehow or another, and they can maneuver these levers and open the gates and let the water out. And when it comes out, there is tremendous power that's generated. In the United States, the last figure I saw was that 84% of all the churches are in decline or plateaued. 84 percent, 84 out of 100 plateau or decline. And I've thought about that, and it seems to me that one of the reasons that that's true is that because we we lack spiritual power. We, we just don't know how to empower the church so that it can thrive. And, you know, when I read the Bible and, you know, I've been around and I've come to understand and believe that God wants his church to grow. Now, not just numerically, not just head count, but to grow in, in all of the good and right ways. You know, to grow deeper spiritually, to thrive, to mature, um, those kinds of things become healthy. But in order for any church to do that, we need spiritual power. Now, I really believe that God looks at this church, at your church, at Birch Ridge, and says, with a smile on his face, you are a bundle of potentiality. You have so much going for you as a church. And I've been been telling my friends back home and to anyone that'll listen to me, I, I tell them that the pastor who comes to Birch Ridge Community Church will be a lucky duck. And I, now I realize that Pastor Nate is coming, and I'm wrong. He's not a lucky duck. He's a lucky lamb. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, how, how, how fortunate he is to be able to come here because you are a church that's a bundle. You are a bundle of potentiality. Trust me when I, when I tell you that. But here's the other side of that. Um, potentiality is not enough. I mean, it's, it's great to say, oh, there's potential there, but in order for there to be a real difference, in order for there to be real change, somehow or another, we've got to access the potential. I mean, I don't, let, let me just start with an area that's admittedly out of my field, <laughs> the area of science. And let's talk just for a little bit about the difference between uh, two kinds of energy, uh, potential energy and kinetic energy, okay? I mean, potential Energy is the kind of energy that we, we talk about most often. And so we'll look at somebody, maybe a high school graduate, and we'll say, he has so much potential, you know? Or, wow, that person has, has a, a lot of potential, and, and um, you know what that means when we say that. When we talk about potential energy, we mean that the right circumstances exist in that person, or, or in that church, um, so that if when the energy is unleashed, there's a, remarkable, there's a remarkable difference. So all of the water then that's behind the dam, the Grand Coulee Dam, all of those millions of gallons of water up there behind that dam, that dam is holding that water back in place, that's potential energy. And I don't know if you're a football fan, but any, what is what do you guys, who do you guys root for up here in see, Seattle? Detroit. Detroit? Detroit. In the second service, I have Roger, my Chicago Bears football fan. He'll, he'll speak up. But when you have, when you have your, you, when you root for your favorite football team, you say... They have potential according to how much talent they have. And the deeper the pool of talent, we say, the greater potential that team has. And that's really how it is in the local church. Uh, that's how it is here. We have, we have a lot of potential. And when I say that, I, I mean to say that you, we have a lot of talent in this church. We have a lot of people here that really, that really love God. We have a lot of, a lot of resources. Uh, you have a beautiful sanctuary here. And I, you know, I just love the space that uh, has been created here. But there's a real problem with potential energy. And the problem is it does nothing except look good. Now think about it. We talk about potential energy. Oh, that person has so much potential. But, but that, doesn't do, that doesn't do anything. It's only when we, we take potential energy and do something to it that we turn it into what's called kinetic energy, because kinetic energy is the potential energy unleashed, and kinetic energy... Is energy in action. Stuff happens when we talk about, about kinetic energy. And when potential energy turns into kinetic energy, then we have reason to celebrate. Then, then, then we ought to really, really party, because when the potential is unleashed and becomes kinetic energy, then Good things happen. I mean, just think again for a moment about the Grand Coulee Dam. Even if you've never seen it, you can imagine this huge, massive, concrete barrier, (laughs) dam. And you can imagine all of those gallons of water behind it. And then somebody makes the decision to, all right, we're going to lower the water on the other side, and we're going to generate some electricity. And somebody, I don't know who, maybe, I, I wish it was me someday, gets to push the button. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to be able to just go in to the control room and just push the button? And when, and when you push the button, something, the, these uh, little gateways open up and the water starts to come out. And then, I don't know how it works, turbines begin to swirl around. I don't know what happens, but when, when that happens, something good results, and you have this energy that's released, this dramatic amount of energy, and that's how it is with the church. I've been in a lot of churches where all we do is we talk about the potential. Man, I remember when I graduated from seminary, my, the, the boss guy, the district superintendent, called me before I had a church. He said, hey, I've got a church for you. You want to come and be the pastor? If you want to come and be the pastor, I'll appoint you. And then he said, it's got a lot of potential. Later, I found out that meant that there were 20 old people still alive. (laughs) That's what it meant. Got a lot of potential, 20 people still living, still breathing. That was about it. Um, but when you can take the potential energy, I'm saying, and turn it into, into kinetic energy, that's, that's really great. You know, it's one thing, again, to just talk about potential, potentiality. And I think that's what a, what a lot of churches do. They sit around and talk about, oh, yeah, we, we, paid all, we pay all our bills, and we had so many in church last week, and that's three more in church Uh, This week than we had last week and somebody cut the yard and it looks great. And, you know, nobody nobody fought with each other last week and um, preacher preached under 25 minutes, you know. So we've we've got a lot of potential, but but that does nothing. The, The real key. And I'm saying I don't think we ever really talk about this in church. We're, because we're so enamored with our potential. But the real key is to take this potentiality and somehow crank the valve open and somehow generate kinetic energy. And the question this morning is: how in the world do we do that? You know, how, how do we how do we turn the potential energy Of any church, well, of this church. How do we turn potential energy into kinetic energy so that we are making a difference in the lives of the people around us, so that we're making a difference in the community that we are in? How in the world do you do that? Now, I don't know if you can imagine me standing here holding a 40-pound rock. Honestly, I can't imagine me doing that either. 30-pound rock. And I'm holding it right here. Imagine a rock. And I've got a, I've got a pile of walnuts down here, and I'm going to crack the walnuts. And I'm holding this great big boulder. And as I hold this boulder, ah, it's getting heavier and heavier. But see, this is potential energy, right? Right? Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. So this is, potential, this is potential energy and I want to crack those walnuts that are directly below it. How in the world do I do that? How do I turn this potential energy into kinetic energy? What's the answer? Let go! Let go. Is that what you're gonna say? You're smart. And watch my feet. And so, yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy. To turn potential energy into kinetic energy, you've gotta let go. You've got to remove the barrier. So my, my hands down here, my arms are the barrier that's keeping the potential energy from turning into kinetic energy. And so I just have to let go. And when I let go, then uh, the natural laws of the universe just kind of take over. Now it's true in the spiritual world as well. Uh, I ran across this verse in Proverbs 21. And um, let me just share it with you. Maybe it'll set the context for us. Potential. We have the potential of it showing on the screen. Thank you for that reminder. All right, I can look it up quick. Uh, I'll find it. Hang on. Proverbs 21. Proverbs 21, verse 31. And now it's kinetic. Proverbs 21, 31. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. Now you might be like, oh man, why did we wait for that verse? Why do you talk about that verse? Seems so odd. And you know, I found that verse and I like the verse because what that suggests to me is that we have our part to do, and when we do our part, God will do. His part, you see? The horse is made ready for the battle. In other words, we do everything we know that we can do. You know? We we prepare the best way that we know how. And once we do that, then God will come through. And so I think that it's accurate to say That the way we turn potential spiritual energy into kinetic spiritual energy is that we do our part by removing the barriers and then God will begin to work. I think it's a spiritual law that we've got to figure out how to get out of the way. We've got to figure out how to let go. So the big boulder can stop being just potential and be kinetic and do what that boulder strategically aimed was designed to do, crush the walnuts. So if we can figure out how to get out of the way, then all of this potentiality begins to become accessed just like all of those millions of gallons of water at the Grand Coulee Dam. It's like somebody pushes the button in your life, in my life, and in the life of this church. And all of a sudden, instead of sitting around talking about, you know, how nice we are, how good we are, how, you know, all this potential, then all of a sudden we're going to see things that are going to start to happen the potential becomes kinetic. And again, the, the question is, how do we do that? And now I want to throw an answer on the table. Now, I said that a little bit maybe too casually because I believe this is the answer. and I believe the answer to the question of how do we, how do we turn potential energy, spiritual energy, into kinetic spiritual energy is that we become fully Surrendered to God. We become fully surrendered to God. That's how we let go. That's how we move our hands out from underneath that gigantic boulder. We just surrender. And we let the laws of nature take over. And we surrender to God and let the spiritual laws that God has put in place, let those take over Now, I've thought of a couple of really good examples in the New Testament of of how this works and how it works in the lives of a a couple of people, and I'll just share these with you real quickly here. I think, first of all, about Christ. There's no doubt that Jesus was fully surrendered to God. I mean, he's the example of full-throttle kinetic energy. I mean, now 2,000 years later, no one is sitting around saying to themselves or to each other or in a Bible study saying, wow, that Jesus, he had so much potential. I mean, it's just full throttle, kinetic energy, electricity at work, if you will. And I'm, I think about his life and, um, of course, his potential when he first started walking the planet and, you know, Oh, he's the son of God, and look, he can do all these miracles, and oh man. But then I think about the story of him in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he's smart enough to know what's about to happen. That that plan A is that he's going to be betrayed. He's going to be arrested. Is it going to be, you know, there's going to be this mock trial? And he's going to be nailed to a cross and suffer and die. I think Jesus was smart enough to know that. And the human part of him wrestled there in the garden. And that's what scripture tells us. He struggled with that. In fact, this afternoon, if you want to go look at the text, you can see that in one or two places in the gospels, it was almost like, Jesus was saying, hey, God, if there's plan B, I'm okay with that. I'll do that, too. You know, I will think plan B sounds better than plan A. But then there's that line that is recorded in the Gospels when Jesus is praying there in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You see that full surrender? Jesus knowing the cost? Jesus knowing that when he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done, that it meant death on a cross? The potential became full-blown kinetic there in that moment. Think about it. I I, I believe that as far as I can think, The only thing that could have derailed the whole plan of salvation and fouled things up is if in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus would have prayed, nevertheless, not your will be done, but mine. And I think I'm not going to go there. Then we might be talking about the potentiality of Jesus. But it's, it's this surrender of himself that opened up all of that potentiality and turned it into kinetic energy and Jesus was fully, completely surrendered to God. And I don't mean to say he wasn't prior to the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't mean that. But I see it illustrated fully there in that that prayer. And so Jesus surrendered himself and surrendered his body and his body was broken, wounded, and bled and he died There on the cross, his scarred body. So there's there's my best example I, I give you of surrendering to God and turning potentiality into kinetic energy. But there's another guy in the New Testament, and I think of the Apostle Paul. And you know, early on in the story, in the narrative, his name is Saul, and Saul is quite the guy. He's a zealot, and he's decided that these Christian people are nuts, and it's his duty to go around and kill as many Christians as he can, you know, kind of like stepping on cockroaches. It was just kind of what he decided that that he should do. But you know, he had this experience, and he encountered God on the Damascus Road, and he was converted, and and he became a believer, and man... He had such potential. But much later on in his life, in fact, towards the end of his life, he began to write letters to different churches. And we have a lot of those letters here in the New Testament. And one such letter is the letter he wrote to the church at Galatia. And I want to read Galatians 6.17. And it says, the words of Paul, Finally, let no one cause me trouble In this phrase, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. For I bear on my body the marks of Jesus, like the body of Jesus, Paul's body was scarred by making a full surrender to God. And when the Apostle Paul surrendered everything to God, All of his potentiality became kinetic, and when that happened, things happened. (laughs) And Paul wrote, uh, uh, he's the most prolific author in the entire New Testament. The Apostle Paul, three missionary journeys, went out and planted all of these churches, and he had done so much, and. Again, when he writes that verse that you see up on the screen, he's sitting there writing and he's thinking back across the years of his life and he's thinking about all the scars that he has has endured. But he did so much. Now, the only thing that could have ruined the potentiality of of the convert named Saul, Paul, the only thing that could have messed that up, is if the Apostle Paul had said to God, no, I'm not doing that. Do you see? It was, it was only in the full and complete surrender of Paul's will to God that God could then come in and begin to direct him and say, you, you, go, to that, you go to that area and you plant a church. You go to that area, you plant a church. It's only when he was fully surrendered that this potentiality really became kinetic. Now, it didn't come without a cost, but this Paul, with all of his potentiality, with all of his education, with all of his talent, with all of his training, it was just, just had a lot of potential. But that full surrender to God, he was beaten, he was stoned, he was left for dead. I mean, when he talks about scars, he doesn't mean psychological scars, although there were plenty of those. But the scars on his body. Because he surrendered everything to God, and I think this is one reason why we don't have a lot of folk in the church that do this kind of thing that don't make a full surrender to God because we're afraid of the pain you know we 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 want to believe that luke nine twenty three says where Jesus calls his disciples, we want to believe that that verse says Jesus, the words of Jesus, if anyone would follow me, uh, come and uh, I'll build you a really cool house and we'll have potlucks every week. Uh, We want to believe that. Frankly, I want to believe that. But if you know that verse, it says Jesus calls his disciples and he says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and pick up his cross. And follow me every day. It's not the way of the faint of heart. But it's the way of kinetic energy. It's the way of getting things done. For the kingdom. Imagine being in a church. Where everyone knows their spiritual gift. And then they take that gift and they bow before God. And, they don't, and, and, and they're not saying, oh, look, I have these spiritual gifts. I have so much potential. I feel so good about myself. But we take that spiritual gift and we bow before God and we surrender to him and say, God, whatever it is you want me to do with this gift, I'll do it. I'll even teach a kid's Sunday school class. I know that's what happened to me many years ago. I'm, I'm telling you, the last thing on the planet I wanted to do was be a preacher. Uh-uh. No. I wanted nope, nope, nope. I wanted no part of that. No part of that. But there came a point in my life where I surrendered to God and I said, God. I just want to do whatever it is you want me to do. And I'll do it even if it kills me and it pert near did a couple times. <clears throat> I have scars on my back. But it's the way of spiritual power. And it's easy to figure out how this how this happens because as long as we're in control, we're not going to do that or do this because we're too afraid. You know, what will people think? Um, I'm not talented enough. I don't know enough Bible. I haven't, you know, so we make up all these excuses. But when we surrender to God, it's like, I don't, I don't know how it's going to work out, but then... God begins to work through us. It's not us anymore because we surrendered our will to God. God comes and begins to work through us. And so when you find yourself in a situation where you're talking to somebody, it's like you, maybe you would have never done that before you surrendered to God. You had a lot of potential to do that, but you never did it. But when you surrender to God and say, I don't care if it, I'll do whatever you want me to do God and when you're in a situation you begin to talk to somebody it's not you anymore you've surrendered that you've, you've pressed the button on the Grand Coulee Dam and God comes and begins to work through you that's how it was for the Apostle Paul the potential energy becomes kinetic energy And so now we think about the spiritual power of a a church, of any church, but let's get particular about this church. The level of spiritual power in this church depends directly upon the number of people that have made a full surrender to God. If you have 10 people, got a little bit of power. You got 25 people, got a little more power. If you got 100 people, man, that's like being in the control room with a grand coulee dam and you put your finger on the button and you don't let go. It's just all that power just generated when we make a full and complete surrender to God. I'm happy to report that the last, the last number I got, maybe there's more, 95 people have taken the spiritual gift survey. Isn't that great? I am happy, I'm happy about that. I'm thrilled about that. And so that tells me, hey, guess what? We got a lot of potential. Now we need some kinetic. Now that we know our spiritual gifts, now that we, the beautiful place, now, now that we got a pastor coming, now that we got all of these things all lined up, we got a lot of potential, but we can't stop there. We got to get some kinetic. And kinetic means you surrender to God. And you surrender to God. And you surrender to God. And say, God, whatever it is you want me to do, I'll do it. We've been talking in, in leadership team meetings, staff meetings. Um, and we'll talk about it in the transition team meeting. How do we now that people have taken the spiritual gift test, what do we do now? And I'm saying be watching the program, there'll be some opportunities in the program for you to begin to explore your spiritual gifts and how to use it. And your first thought might be like, well, I don't want to do that. Well, then you remember this today. Surrender that and just see what happens and turn the potential into kinetic. You got a lot of potential. I wish I was... going to be able to stay around to see the potential become kinetic. And it will, one surrendered life at a time. Stand with me, would you please? Father, I give you thanks for today and for the reminder that You specialize in turning potential into kinetic. And that you you want us as individuals to thrive spiritually. You want your church to thrive spiritually. And I just ask that you would help us, help every person here, help me to pray a prayer of surrender and to mean it, and to say to you, dear God, whatever I was, whatever I am, whatever I will be, I give it all to you. And now, Father, may the kinetic energy begin to flow.